Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. On Thursdays like today, we break down recent gaming news. We're not going to delay things any further. Let's get straight into it. I am your host, Paul. Joining me, he is the Tarnished. He has defeated Radagon and the Elden Beast, but he's not done yet. He's just getting started. It's Josh. Yeah, I'm going after that Erd tree now, boys. <laughs> Screw those Erd trees. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yes. Deforestation is Josh's middle name. <laughs> and joining me and Josh, he is currently off-road in his Chevy Kodiak, trying to help repair a bridge that's been destroyed from a flood. He's slipping, sliding, and bouncing on every inch of land, whether it's dirt, mud, water, ice, or snow. It's Michael. Oh, yes. That is a very good road there for me to poop on. He's oh, good. boy. I will drive okay. very far on these roads. I can't okay, stop, wait. guys. You promised that you would, you were done, Michael. <laughs> that is true. Before we <laughs> right recorded, before Michael was on a run. You promised, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop. But give me give me a four x four vehicle, a four x four, and I will drive to faraway lands carrying lots of loads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The good news, guys. We had a lot of news to talk about this week. These are actually fun stories to talk about. We sometimes joke and say sometimes there's weeks where we gotta like. It's almost like pulling teeth out of the news community. But this week, there's plenty to talk about. The first story that we absolutely have to cover is the announcement that we received that we are getting an expansion for Elden Ring by From Software. It's going to be called Shadow of the Erd Tree. How do you guys feel about this announcement coming almost exactly one year after Elden Ring released? I got to be entirely honest. I don't know what to think about an Elden Ring expansion. I mean, okay, so the game sold 20 million copies, so we got to get more money out of it, right? Because we haven't yep. made enough of our 20 million copies. So we'll do an expansion with DLC. I don't know what to do with it. Like, uh, the expansions normally have, like, pieces of story that they add. There is no story in this game. Are they going to add some story? And will that fit with the theme of the rest of the game? Will it work? Or is it just going to be like, hey, we're going to open up a new era in the map, go get your butt kicked a lot more i don't know uh, what are your thoughts i'm excited guys <laughs> but i'm also the highest on elden ring out of this bunch too but i love it man i, I mean more give me more i i want i want more elden ring dude like honestly yeah. i mean there is a story we joke around about the story there's conjecture that the Shadow of the Erd Tree is going to follow a Maquella, I think is how you say it. I'm, I'm terrible with how these names are pronounced. Uh, who is the brother of Melenia? 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 
Um, <laughs> and so, you know, just like any other convoluted Dark Souls Elden Ring story, nobody really knows what's going on other than that. I just get more Elden Ring at this point. <laughs> so here's the thing. They did not give us any information as far as the release date or any information about the story. Obviously, they're going to add a lot of bosses. They're going to add some kind of new area. I think it'll be bigger than the DLCs we've seen in the Dark Souls games. Um, the funny thing is that none of the three of us beat Elden Ring. We all got to various different levels within the game. So I looked up some stats because I was kind of curious to see, are other people in line with us? Did most people beat the game? I remember us joking about what percentage of people are going to finish Elden Ring because there's no way it can be a very high percentage. Well, Paul, it's hard. It is hard. (laughs) It's also long. (laughs) It's long and hard. (laughs) Long and hard. Welcome to my new submarine lair. It's long and hard and full of... And if you have to deep dive a game every two weeks, guess what you can't do? You can't drop 700 hours into Elden Ring. So I know Josh jumps back in. He got the furthest. I did not get as far. I think I beat five of the major world bosses. Michael, I remember, played for like 30 hours and didn't even fight the first one. Um, That's correct. But I think... What we got here from From Software is just confirmation that they're making an expansion. I'm sure they worked on this as soon as the game released. And if you think about the fact that there's 20 million copies sold, 8% of players on PC earned every single achievement in Elden Ring. That which is I think is crazy high. 8%. Yeah. That is high. Yeah. Comparatively, but I mean that that tells you that's a testament to the quality of Elden Ring. When you are when you get into that world and you get absorbed in it, you want to stay there, you know. And if if it wasn't for this podcast, that would be me. Like I joked around the other day that I've never hundred percented anything, but legitimately, Elden Ring would be the kind of game that I would just live in and and continue to find things to do in it at that point. So I I, I get it. of 20 million is 1.6 million people. That is probably more people. So more people have got 100% achievement on Elden Ring than buy probably 99.9% of all games. Yeah, pretty much. That's crazy. And that's a a guaranteed 1.6 million sales of an expansion. Like guaranteed. If, If you got every achievement, you're absolutely buying the expansion. I'm sure others will as well. Josh, you're not alone for saying you would spend a lot of time in this game. The average playtime is 89 hours in Elden Ring, and yet one quarter of people who bought and played Elden Ring did not even defeat Margit, the very first boss. So a lot of those players are probably in that like zero to five hour range and then just quit. And you still have an average playtime of 89 hours, which means clearly we've got a lot of people putting in a thousand hours in Elden Ring. It's the game, the game lends itself to that. You know, number one, yes, you're going to throw yourselves at a boss for hours sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. or you're going to just wander around the world or, you know, you're going to throw yourself at a boss, go, man, I am not strong enough for this boss. I'm trying. Uh, so it's, it's interesting because I went back to Elden Ring, which I rarely ever, ever do. And I'm in the mountaintop of the giants. I found the fire giant. And I'm like, oh, let me beat this guy. This dude one shots me. I cannot get hit <laughs> at all. Or he one shots me. And I, in my stubbornness, went up against this guy for probably three hours straight. Ugh. And, you know, and almost beat him a couple times. But then I was like, maybe I'm just too, I'm too low level. And I actually looked up and then people are like, oh, yeah, you want to be like level 110 or something like that. And I'm like, well, I'm level 80. So maybe I shouldn't be fighting this guy yet. 
So then I just go and I wander around. But that's the beauty of Elden Ring is that you can do that. It's interesting to me because for somebody like us, right? None of us have beat the game. Does the DLC interest you in that regard? Like if you haven't beat Elden Ring, wouldn't you just go back to Elden Ring at that point? Or does the DLC entice you into something else? It's exactly my question because when when you were talking, Josh, earlier about like, give me more Elden Ring, I'm like, you have more. It's sitting there on your on your PC. <laughs> right. It's installed. Just yeah. go play more of it. Um, so it's interesting. It doesn't entice me, to be honest with you. I think I had enough of Elden Ring. I, I, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I married the game. And the whole thing about me is that, yeah, I am one of those people that put in, I think, 41 hours in the game and never beat Margit or whatever her name is, the first boss, because I was too enticed by the open world and just fighting random things and going out and I actually found a few quests which are hard to do in that game because it's not like they're called out you got to talk to someone three or four times before he changes his dialogue i i don't think i'll play it just because i've got too much other stuff to do and i have so much more elden ring i can do that being said if they like give me a new piece of environment that's like beautiful and stunning and completely different maybe i will just to see it because the game is flipping beautiful yeah, I, I couldn't care less about this expansion. Yeah. I'm glad it's coming out. I, 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 people are calling for it. I We know how much people love Elden Ring, but exactly what you were saying there, Michael, is what I was going to say. If I wanted more Elden Ring, which I wouldn't mind, I would just play more of the base game. It's just a matter of time. So we don't know if this expansion is going to take place after the events of the game. Maybe it'll take place in the middle. We don't know anything yet. My guess is it's probably not gonna be a direct sequel if you will because they're gonna want to draw in everybody to want to buy it so maybe it'll be some kind of side story or you know a new character or something like that all right well before we start our next story we want to ask everyone to please make sure to hit our follow button so you don't miss any episodes please leave a five-star review on apple and spotify it only takes a couple seconds really helps out the show okay moving on to our next story of the week This is one where we just got to box out the defenders and let Josh handle this one. Uh, For Spoken, it's a game. (laughs) It is a game that we did. I didn't know where we were going, and I'm so happy now, Paul. (laughs) We get to talk more about Josh's favorite game, For Spoken. Um, It was developed by Luminous Productions, which is under the umbrella of Square Enix. And because of the reception that For Spoken got, which was rather mediocre, maybe mediocre to poor. Square Enix has decided to no longer let Luminous Productions operate as their own separate entity. They are being folded into the mothership of Square Enix directly. Josh, I hate to break the news to you, but it seems like the odds of getting forespoken to are pretty low at this point. Oh man! <laughs> so disappointing, guys. I'm. So, it's just this is this is not a shocker. This is not a shocker at all, guys. Okay, listen. If you if you tell your kids to go do the dishes, right, and they break mm-hmm. every dish, if they just, oops, I dropped that, oops, I dropped that, and every dish shatters on the floor, aren't you going to be like, hey, you know what, either I'm going to stand here and watch you do the dishes, or you get a different chore now. How about you take out the trash instead? And I'll be honest, man, I, I don't mean this against the individual people at Luminous Productions. I'm sorry for you guys. I get it, right? Like, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but when you make a game that is so disconnected from what gamers want, and you make a game that had all the potential technically in the world and botch it this bad, you deserve to kind of get that slap on the wrist. I don't know what Square... I, I This is the only thing that baffles me, right? Is Did Square Enix just have no clue? 
Were they were they pumping him along going, yeah, we love your protagonist. Wow. We love the angst and the the terrible dialogue and, and the, the halting gameplay <laughs> right. and the complaining like, yeah, you guys keep going. And then they did. And then they went, oh, well, nobody bought it. So you guys are all canned. I, I don't know. You know, I would assume that Square Enix just went, cool, you guys are making this game. Looks neat. And then the game came out and Square Enix went, what? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> To me, this move seems more like that. What's happening is they let Luminous run autonomously with some of their money, and the game had so much potential, like you said. I won't rehash what we said in the deep dive, but to waste such a great combat system on such a mediocre-slash-terrible game, I think that what happened is ultimately maybe Luminous just didn't have the ability to see what they were seeing in a big picture, and you know, obviously Square Enix has made some solid games and probably if there's more directive control or creative control from the bigger company that's been around for a long time to say hey let's polish this piece a little bit maybe make these fit together better because it seemed like three different games just in one story not to mention how disconnected the dialogue was and poor editing in the dialogue pieces those are things that square enix games do well and i think that's like hey as we try to fix this let's polish this turn a little bit they're like, we'll help you polish this, and then we're just going to use your headcount to work on other games that we're going to do, and you're never making Forspoken 2, because nobody wants it. Yeah, this is, uh, I guess it's not surprising, but Luminous did make the engine that was used for Forspoken, so they must have dumped a lot of money into this project. I don't know what that means for their engine moving forward. I also don't know if the engine is part of the problems that we got with the game, like the lack of being able to walk around during dialogue and how long it took for the game to reload back in. Yeah, like if your engine can't like walk and talk at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you need a <laughs> you new engine. Problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was like a cre- creative decision or if that's the engine, but if anyone's wondering, do not worry. The DLC in Tanta We Trust is still coming along just oh, fine. Thank you. It will. Can't wait. <laughs> it'll release this summer. Uh, are any of us going to pick that up? Dude, I, not if you paid me. <laughs> not if you paid me. And listen, I know Legendary there's the jokesters. Supporters. No, that's what I was going to say. I know there's the jokesters out there that have been waiting to pick a troll game and say, hey, I'm going legendary so I can make you guys play Fortnite or something. Mm. I refuse. I will refund the money if somebody's <laughs> like, yeah, you guys got to play the Forspoken DLC. And be like, nope. Oh, that's so funny. Um, it's what is what is interesting too is that this did actually catch Luminous Productions off guard because after the news broke that they are being absorbed into Square Enix, that they then announced, "Hey, we were actually already planning for Spoken too. They actually had some of the storyboard and stuff like that planned out for it." And so it just amazes me that this caught them off guard. There is some massive disconnect miscommunication or disconnect between the people at luminous and gamers in general and 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 i and again i don't mean to sound jerkish on this but when there's that big of a disconnect you probably need a shake up yeah. i i for some reason in my head thought forspoken actually launched pretty well it sold 29,000 units yeah because word got out that it's terrible yeah, it's it. Oh, sorry, that's the console exclusive that sold that. It's just not a lot for any for any platform. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely underwhelmed, and the public outcry was so great. And you know, we talked about it on the deep dive. You know, there are accusations that it's because the protagonist is a person of color, or because of the politics of the game, and that had nothing to do with it. If the game is fun, 
even if there's other elements that you may or may not agree with, you can get over those things. The ultimate thing is that the experience of playing Forspoken was rather poor. It's not what gamers wanted. They have now been what I think is more of like a stealth takedown. I don't think they wanted to just lay everybody off from Luminous. They're probably incorporating them in. They're kind of being quietly shut down. Maybe they'll lay off some of those people. I don't know. But I do want to give Square Enix credit for taking their shot. You know, I like the idea of toss a little bit of money to a studio, let them do their thing. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, maybe you get reabsorbed back into the parent company. Um, at least they tried. We did get something different. I'll give them credit for that. Now, it's not anything we wanted, but at least they mm. tried. For better or worse. <laughs> worse in this case. The thing is, like, fire the story, people. Fire the person who decided that you can't move while there's conversation going on. But and then but then give the combat people like good positions. There's there's yeah. parts of Forspoken that stand above the rest. In as much as I love trolling this game for how inconsistent it is, like there are talented people that worked on Forspoken. That is obvious. But yeah. there are people that should not have a job anymore after other parts of Forspoken. <laughs> Certainly the dialogue writers, that's yeah. for sure. All right, well, we want to encourage everyone to go check out our Patreon page at MultiplayerSquad.com. If you sign up, you get two bonus episodes every month, which are a lot of fun. We just recorded one right before this. And we're going to take a short break right now, and we will be right back with more Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we are back. Michael, it's time for your favorite segment, buddy. Let's do Streamer of the Week. Ooh, hit that seriously sweet drop, Paul! Streamer of the Week. We don't have a drop for that, right, still? So I just gotta do my own music still? That never gets old. I love it. Um, all right. This week's stream of the week is Basic Wick Girl. She streams on Twitch. Go check her out. Link is in the description below the episode. And just a reminder, um, she does play... Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2. Typically wears a cowgirl hat while she does it too. It's it's pretty hilarious. Like gets in a character sometimes and does awesome things. Um, a lot of fun. Great community. Please go check her out. And just as a reminder also that if you have Amazon Prime, you can sub any of your Twitch favorite Twitch streamer for free. So go do that. Check her out. Um, a decent poker player too. Watched her play oh, yeah. a little bit <laughs> oh, of yeah. poker in Red Dead. And I was like, <laughs> she's making some smart moves here, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So much to do in Red Dead. I love it. All right. There was a new game announced this week that we had to talk about. It's a game called Pax Day, and it's being called a social sandbox MMO. 
and it is being made in Unreal Engine 5. So we got to see the announcement. We got to see some video of footage. I also watched to see what some other people thought of the game, just out of curiosity to see if it lined up with me or if it ran different. What What is your guys' impression here of this game? Okay, number one, I don't like you, Paul. Number two, I don't like the guy that emailed in and said, hey, by the way, have you guys seen this game? Um, I think Thatcher, right? Was it yeah, Thatcher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to Thatcher. Um, I don't like you right now either because this game was not on my radar. Knew nothing about it. Hadn't even heard of it. And then I don't think anyone you, you, you put it in the dock and this guy Thatcher emails us in and says, hey, you guys might want to take a look at this. And I am instantly excited about PAX Day. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. You know, it's it, maybe it's that desire to have like a really good MMO to play. But now I'm hyped. This game looks beautiful. I like some of the words that are coming out of the developers' mouths. It's very early, so you know, there's a lot to to be determined still. But dang it, <laughs> yeah. My excitement level for this game went to never having heard of it to this could be the best MMO made ever in the history of ever. This is a Michael Butler game to the T. Yeah. I have always wanted to see a game where, if I want to, I don't have to fight anything. I can open a shop and run a shop from 9 to 5 during the day or whatever, or whenever I want, and just work off of a real economy. We've seen MMOs that do include economies that are player-based, but they're still the NPCs, and most of the time it's through an auction house or something like that. There is no NPC in this game. You cannot go buy gear from someone. You have to buy from a real player, which is flipping incredible. If I want to, I can be a blacksmith. And I can give you a quest. I can say, hey, I can make this piece of gear for you. I have the ability to. But I need the hide off this really rare bear thing. So if you go get that hide, bring it back. I'll charge you some coin and make you this thing. That is so cool. And the fact that also... And I, I don't want to go too long on this, but there are no class systems. We just talked about yeah. this in our favorite <laughs> favorite gaming mechanics episode where it's really cool when you have a game where the more you use a weapon, the more proficient you get with that weapon and the better you are. And that's how you level up your skills. That is exactly what they're touting in this game. Those are the two things that I think would make this, if they pull it off, one of the best MMOs for me to play ever. So let me read a quote from the announcement trailer to you guys. So this kind of tells you kind of the hook of this game and why it's being called a sandbox MMO. PAX Day is very much what you want it to be. It's a world. It's a place which is real. It feels real. It's always there. But most importantly, you are there with other people. And that's what the sandbox is all about. It's about maximizing human interaction in a meaningful way. We feel this is the holy grail of MMO design. Now, when I was watching this, I just kept thinking, okay, I think this is just a third person MMO rust. And the problem is when you maximize human interaction, (laughs) where do things go? Because they talk about building cities. They talk about building like, you know, little colonies. That's not what happens in Rust. It turns into a dog eat dog world. It it could happen, Paul. It could happen in Rust. It could. It, it never happens. It just never does. Instead, PvP, it's just people teabagging people. 
<laughs> right, but PvP doesn't exist in this game outside of certain PvP areas, and so you're forced to cooperate a little more, maybe, instead of going to kill each other? I don't know. Maybe. Well, so here's the thing. Pax Day, I think, is Latin, but they say it means the divine peace. And so the whole idea in this game is that you start off in the Heartlands, which is the very middle of the map, and the divine peace is what is preventing people from PvP. You have the divine peace in that part of the map, but as you start to go out into the world... It's open for PvP. I'm assuming raiding and attacking other people's houses. It does kind of look like you can build wherever you want, but this is all kind of still conjecture. It's still super early. All the footage is alpha. We really know nothing about this game. It looks absolutely beautiful. I think that's uncontested. With Unreal Engine 5, the draw distance when you're standing up on a mountain and you can see seemingly 12 miles down the distance. Brilliant. It looks incredible. My biggest concern is combat, because you barely see any melee combat. You see a little bit of bow and arrow, which really looked exactly like Valheim. So I'm very curious to see what combat will look like. I'm very excited for the economic and graphical parts. I'm just still very reserved in regards to combat. Yeah, I mean, you have to nail combat in an MMO, to be honest. Or it's just a farming simulator at that point. Yeah, yeah, like uh, legitimately, it, in, and they they did talk about the combat, which I like. They are focused. They have said, "Hey, this will be important to us." I am excited for a couple reasons. Number one, Unreal Engine Five is absolutely gorgeous. The gameplay footage that you see is beautiful, man. Like, so they've nailed that. I'm really excited to see more Unreal Engine Five stuff come to be. I am interested in how this economy will work because if there's one thing that I've learned. It's people break stuff. In New yes. World, you know, New World tried to go this route with like, hey, all crafting is player based and, you know, you all gathering of materials is player based and stuff like that. You did have NPCs that would sell stuff or buy stuff, but that was it. And I'm, I just don't know how that works because people will always find a way to break things or get a monopoly on something. You know, there'll be some clan that all they do is go out and harvest every piece of, you know, tree that they can, and then now they control the tree pricing or something like that. You know, so it's like there's, it sounds glorious, but there's a lot of inherent danger there as well. If I play this game, I will play it hard and heavy from day one to try and be someone that does corner the market. I want to be the only person that has like this breastplate pattern or something like that. And so get a lot of money early on to fuel my endeavors later on. It's kind of my MO with every World of Warcraft expansion was get mining capped out immediately. Before I do any of the story, get mining maxed. Mine the things no one else can mine. Sell that on the auction house so that I can afford to buy better weapons, better things like that, rinse and repeat. And I see a lot of that kind of thing, like to what you were saying, Josh, is probably going to happen in this case. People will try to do those kinds of things. But at what point? Like, is that is there the ability to do that in this game? Or... Is it just possible that those resources are everywhere and they're too common so that no one stands out and no one's unique? So there's a million blacksmith shops and it doesn't matter one from the other. And then the economy doesn't even matter because I can just go anywhere and get this stuff or do it myself. That's kind of that fine line they're going to have to walk. Whilst also talking about combat, getting combat good to make sure the game is even fun and enjoyable to play when you buy this armor, as an example. And so it's it's going to be interesting. I will like to check this out. We will see. Yeah, and it's going to be a while because we are just told it'll be coming out 
soon, which yeah. uh, does not really mean very much. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our last story of the week. There's a game out there that many of you have probably heard of. It is a little game called SnowRunner. It released a couple years ago back in 2020. It did perform well, and it just keeps finding more and more new users. Saber Interactive tweeted back in November that they passed 9 million players, and now they just tweeted out again that they have now passed 10 million, which means 1 million new people have picked up SnowRunner in the last three months, even though it's a couple years old now. What do you guys feel about this news? Michael, you you linked SnowRunner to us a little while ago. We made a couple jokes about it. We never thought about picking it up as a deep dive, but this game has really high ratings and it keeps gaining more users. So I've had a couple of Jeeps in my life. I, I like, I live, you know, I, I grew up kind of in the northern Arizona forests. Believe it or not, guys, around Phoenix, it's not all desert. You can drive like an hour and a half north and be at 9,000 feet elevation, mountainous forest, and I love off-roading. So I randomly came across a video of a guy saying 10 reasons why everyone should play this game that I've never heard of, SnowRunner. And I'm watching it, and he's just driving with his friends, doing the stuff that you would never do in your real vehicle, trying to rock crawl the stupidest things, falling over, having to winch them out of creeks and stuff. It looks hilarious. I'm wondering, though, because the whole point of the game is literally just to drive off-road and to bring something from point A to point B, essentially, how much staying power it has, how long it would stay interesting. Um, but it does say almost I've, I've probably watched a three or four dozen YouTube videos now on this game in the last week. And everybody says this game is colossally way more fun with your friends. And I think it's because you just go out and just be stupid with your off-road vehicle while you're upgrading it and making it even stupider. So you can go and do even more stupid things. I what am I missing? That's <laughs> I, I want to know what I am missing on this game because as soon as I was ooh super popular game getting hype, what's up? Like there, I, and forgive me, I can't remember who it was in our Discord that was touting SnowRunner and saying, hey, they played this with their buddy and it was super fun. They put in a lot of hours on it. They they said, you know, hey, I think you guys would enjoy this, and we kind of went, yeah, we're kind of already booked up for games and stuff like that. Um. I'll like I watch the gameplay and it's just trucks driving over rocks or through a stream or up a mountain. And I'm just going like, what, what am I missing? What, like, why does this not make any sense to me as to why this would be fun? You know, and I did see where you can play with friends. I like anything I can do with friends. Like that's fun. But what do you do? Why is this game fun? Somebody explain this to me. <laughs> I think there's a huge draw in the progression. Because as you do more stuff, you can get more... It's kind of like an addiction like off-road Jeep people or Bronco people have. Or anybody that drives like an old K7 Blazer that you want to upgrade your vehicle. And you're addicted to doing so. And I think it's that kind of mentality that... There's so much progression in this game that you can buy another vehicle, start out a stock, lift it, put bigger tires on it, put lockers on it, put a snorkel on it, things like that, that you're constantly wanting to put more money into the vehicle. And maybe that's the draw, but I'm kind of with you. I don't really know. I think it's just the shenanigans. I think playing this with a group of people leads to a lot of laughter. It leads to disagreements over how to do this. And inevitably, you're going to fail and your truck's going to flip or fall off a cliff or you're going to sink because you insist you can drive through this river while your buddies are saying, no, you can't. And then you just do it anyway. And now you, you know, you lose. I, I think it probably leads to really funny moments because it's so open ended. The, the, the game has very realistic physics for better or worse. 
So you've got vehicles which may or may not have all-wheel drive. You can manually decide what gear to drive in. You have to make a lot of judgment calls while you're out off-road. I think this game looks completely unplayable single-player. I could see it being fun if all three of us got in and we start like arguing over how to do it and start laughing. And I, I almost feel like failing is almost just as good as succeeding in this game because it leads to those funny moments. It's not better. Yeah. I I have never played a game like this. You guys know I'm not in a sim type games. I don't like Euro Truck Simulator, which is one of the most popular games, like highest reviewed games or whatever it is. Like I just look at that and I go, why? Like, right. Why do people play these things? But it's like, I almost want to try this game just to be like, why? And then well, it's, it's like, would I wind up liking I it? I think you would. And here's why. It's a puzzle game, Josh. It is a puzzle game with zero rules other than real world physics. You've got to go deliver this to that. And it's really hard to get there. How are you going to solve it? And it's like real life problem solving. Maybe for some people that goes too far into real life work as opposed to fun. But I could see a world where we just have to like stop the truck and we're looking, we're discussing, making a plan of action. I, if we had the time, I would love to toss this as one of our deep dives because it's unlike any of the other games we typically play. It definitely has a unique niche. Uh, unfortunately, we just don't have time to really play it. I believe that I will still be playing it. I can't, I can't hold back my need to play this game. Somebody was driving an international scout in this game, and I'm like, this game knows its stuff if it's got a scout, which was developed from, 19, you know, it was made from 1961, 1980, one of the best off-road vehicles ever, and I just want to make one. I just want to make one. <laughs> I have to play this game. I'd love to try it. It is it's on Game Pass. It's 30 bucks on Steam, and it's on Game Pass. I... I mean, if somebody wants to go legendary, I'm just saying, legendary <laughs> members get to pick a game for us to play, and then we'd have to play it, versus, you know, being wishy-washy on maybe wanting to play it all right listen mom i don't know if you're listening to this episode Mrs. or not Butler. i know you haven't picked your legendary game and you said you oh, probably never will but maybe i can take the reins from you mm. wink wink Love you, I forgot. No. I forgot. Mrs. Michelle Butler never did select that legendary game. Uh, I want to have a lot of power. audio from Mrs. <laughs> Butler saying, for my legendary game, I pick SnowRunner. I have the power. Oh, wow. All right. Well, that wraps everything up for this week in gaming. We do want to remind everyone out there to hit the follow button and rate us five stars and leave a written review. Also, if you haven't already done so, you should go check out some of our new video content. We've been posting those to socials, especially on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, we did some full-length video reviews that Josh and Michael did. There is Dead Space and Hi-Fi Rush by Josh. Michael just released a video on Horizon Call of the Mountain. We would love for you guys to go check those out. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to do you. more, too. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we get to release more of those. Well, thank you, everyone out there, for listening. We hope you'll join us next time, and happy gaming. Uh, cheers, BDE individuals. Cheers, Old English, for cheers to you. <laughs> All right. See you, everybody. <laughs> Bye.